He's the guy who's quick and witty and will sell you any house in the city. Very nice. <laughs> and she's not familiar with the 90s alt-rock band Hole, but she puts the green bean in my casserole. <laughs> I like that. Welcome to Life Well Spent with Garrett and Amber. I'm Garrett. I'm Amber. I'm Blamber. I'm Blarrett. <laughs> and we got Ace here. He's looking like he wants to whine. You want to whine, bud? Oh, he, you know you're going to whine. Yeah. Yep. What do you, mm-hmm. got, what do you got to say? He's oh, like, Mom, no. just pet me. Yeah, but he just wants loving. Yeah, so we got Ace in the room. Gilly's not in here yet, but uh, I'm sure she's going to join us soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How you been doing, wife? You know, I'm good. Because mm-hmm. you, you, you want to know why? <laughs> yes, I do. Is <laughs> because I get, along with cash, like two weeks off of online learning. Right. And right. I am stoked. Yes, I I can imagine. You it was a rough week mm-hmm. this week, and I am excited yes. to not do it anymore. Yeah, you do, I would say, 98% of the learning with him. Mm-hmm. So you are a saint, and you both deserve time off, but you more so than cash. Yeah. Um, I feel yeah. like he, to him it really doesn't matter. Yeah. He could care less if he's doing school. He just puts up a fight for mom. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. But how are you? Yeah, I'm doing real well. Yeah, having a good night, and... Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, just happy to be here. Happy for another podcast. Um, Oh, you know what? So how about you start by telling us what you've been into this week? So I feel like not a whole lot just because I've been surviving the week with cash. Mm -hmm. But um, I have been listening to a lot of Christmas music. Yes, you you have. It's almost the week before Christmas. Mm -hmm. Uh, Or it is the week before Christmas. It sure is. Um, And... Well, I guess, you know, around the house, I'm starting to reno the the guest bathroom, which is pretty exciting. That's been fun. Yeah. Yeah. And then aside from that, just I've been really into the ASMR videos to help me fall asleep. Yes. Which you find very weird. Every once in a while, I'll come in from the office, getting ready for bed, and I just hear some strange person whispering in our bedroom with all the lights off. Uh-huh. It's terrifying. <laughs> scares me every time but if you're watching her i think you'd get it oh uh, no of course it's it's me being jarred because like is somebody hiding under my wife and i's bed like that's my immediate i can see that yeah yeah Yeah. um because i don't see like the light of the screen on your face or anything i just hear like like, (laughs) who who is there yeah i i it's not for me have you really, really tried it, though, or do you just overhear what I do? No, it just makes me uncomfortable. See, a- anytime I hear it. it. Just anytime. Yeah, I feel like somebody's hitting on me, and I'm not... I'm a married man, thank you You know what much. you might actually like? What? Is if you were to sit still and kind of almost meditate while listening to mm. someone almost just talk softly. Mm. Mm. I feel like that would help you okay. just kind of like... I don't know. Okay, okay. Zen. So. So that's gonna be a hard pass. <laughs> no, I'll, I'll. I feel give, like you should try it. I'll and give then it. Tell I'll me. give it a shot. Yep, I'll see if I can get into ASMR. I'll give it a shot. Yeah, the the ones that I do are I feel like are definitely more aimed at women, ah. because it's a lot more like oh, I'm gonna do your makeup. Do you want me to comb your hair? Like it's stuff like that. That's just like very spa like to me. She's like ah, cr- cramps. Am I right? I think <laughs> guys get cramps. No, she does actually a really good job. If anybody I'm wants sure. to check um, her out, it's, uh, I think it's Josie B ASMR. I think she has yeah. YouTube and on TikTok. Um, but yeah, and she, she's real cute. She's got, she's a younger girl and she kind of does like almost like elvish 
fairy things too, like different videos pretending to be a fun fairy making you a potion or something and just the sounds that she uses. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, it's just, it's just I don't know, fun Fairies. and different. Nice, nice, nice. But n- it's not for everybody, so. Well, I'll give it the old college. You know, you never know what you like or hate without trying. That's what we say to Cash every time yeah. we get him to eat something he's never tried before. Right. Because he's convinced he doesn't <laughs> like it. Cool. But yeah, how about you? What have you been into this week? Uh, so... We watched the final episode of season two of The Mandalorian on Friday. Um, I would love to really talk about that a bunch. But, I mean, just in case anybody's out there that hasn't watched it, I don't want to spoil it. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, luckily I've been able to talk with some of our friends that have been watching it. And uh, it's just been, it's it's so good. The final episode was incredible. Uh, So instead of talking about that, I am going to talk about... Uh, oh, geez. I already forgot the name of the website. Let me make sure I get this right. Because you know our forte, we do not do a good job of remembering names. No, not great. Uh, so it is called Roll20.net. Um, it is free, but there are premium versions of this site. And it basically allows you to uh, create scenarios for... Uh, pen and paper RPGs like Dungeons and Dragons and Pathfinder and Cyberpunk, not the new video game. Uh, Cyberpunk is a tabletop game from, I think, probably back in the 80s or 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's cool. It's it's just this platform where you can create maps and scenarios and then you can have your friends, you know, uh, as long as they have like player guides for D&D or Pathfinder, whatever game you're playing, then at least you can kind of set up a visual map for the players so they can say, you know, so they can kind of plan out their routes and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a ton of free stuff included, like uh, different uh, templates or markers. Like if you want to, you know, uh, if you want to have your players face off against some archers, they have like free archer little JPEGs that you can put on the map and you can uh, put in traps and different terrain and it's uh i just kind of started going through the tutorial mm-hmm. but i've really been wanting to get into D more i ran a campaign not even a campaign we played like one scenario one session years ago mm-hmm. that was an insane amount of fun yeah. it was the best i was the dm i'm you know i'm not a i've that's the only time i've done it so i'm not like a great uh gm or dm but it's always uh, amazing to me how long those games can go for. Yeah, they can go for years. I mean... Years and years. Because, yeah, when you have some of the guys over... Well, at least one of the last times that I remember you guys doing this, it was like an all-day event. Like, they got there in the morning, and they probably didn't leave until, like, 12 hours later. Yeah, and that was when... Uh, oh, geez. It was... Uh, so, D&D comes out with different uh, versions. Um, anybody who's a big D&D head out there, I apologize for my lack of knowledge. Um, but uh, I think it was like a version five that just came out when we started playing mm, mm-hmm. not too long after. And so they released an initial campaign for people. Like if you don't want to design your own campaign, there's hundreds of campaigns out there that you can just buy a book, read the campaign, and then you run your players through the campaign. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was the intro one. And we got like a quarter of the way through it at most, wow. maybe even a fifth. And yeah, we were playing for like, Four hours? Minimum? Minimum. Yeah. 
Yeah, because you know you get talking, and uh, it's it's similar to poker. You know, there's some downtime where you're just kind of shooting the breeze and having a good time with your buddies. Mm-hmm. So I really, I think like you know once or twice a month, get some guys together on uh, you know Zoom or Google Hangout or whatever, and then uh, share the screen with them. I'm I still got to figure out exactly how this works. It seems like there's a lot of stuff involved, but just the possibility having a a D&D campaign where everybody can stay home. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like we're all, you know, we're all grownups now. Ace is saying hi. Um, We've all got responsibilities. So, like, the idea of somebody driving 30 minutes to an hour to our home, you know, to play a game for a few hours and then head home, that's not always super appealing. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, being able to just do this for a couple hours with some friends sounds uh i'm i'm really excited for the possibility yeah and to just kind of learn the system a little more so Mm -hmm. um yeah if anybody's got experience with uh, roll 20 or D &D in general i mean if if we end up playing pathfinder whatever i'd be down with that Mm -hmm. um just kind of want to set up something that would be fun to play with some friends yeah absolutely yeah so it'd be a lot of fun yeah just started dipping my toe into that but i'm really excited so uh, but let's get into the meat and taters yeah. of this episode. And you're going first. Yes. And what did you do? Um. So you gave me the assignment to watch Lost Boys. Yes. I've never seen Lost Boys before. Yes. If anybody is just tuning in and we've never, you've never heard one of our episodes, we do a different theme every month. And this month is going to be uh, the kids are all right, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. Um. so I'm excited to say what next month is going to be. But anyways, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so I got to watch Lost Boys, and I did not think that this was going to be a vampire movie. Really? That was pretty fun, yeah. Oh, that's cool. Well, when you told me it was on Shudder, I was like, oh, so it's like a fun horror flick sort of. Yeah. Uh, anyhow. Um, I guess I really didn't give you anything to no. go off of. Yeah. Which I think is a good way to go into most movies. Well, and as soon as I saw um, Kiefer Sutherland... Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, it's this movie. Like, I don't think that I've seen the whole movie, but I'm sure I've seen bits and pieces of sure. it because I remember seeing him as that character. Oh, okay. Um, because nice. he's got that sweet blonde mullet. Yes. That he wears really well. Yeah. I don't even know how old he was in this movie. Real young. Early 20s at the latest, I would think. Yeah. 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 Um, so, yeah, basically, I mean, it had people like Kiefer Sutherland, Corey Feldman, Corey Haim. There were other ones too. And Ted just... from Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Thank you. Yeah. Yep. I don't know the actor's name, but yeah, um, I've heard that the newest Bill and Ted is fun. We should try and watch it. We should. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be a lot of fun. Um, but basically this family moves to a new town. Uh, the mom is newly single, hence the move. And that seems to be kind of a common theme in 80s sci-fi horror movies. Yeah. Uh, uh, E.T. The mom was the mom single. Mom was single. Yes. Yep, yeah. She was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, Goonies, no, but I, I, I just feel like that was kind of a trope, and I wonder if that was maybe because like, eighties was just after, well, a little while after, like kind of the big women's right, uh, women's rights movement of the sixties. Oh, maybe more women getting into the workplace. The idea of kind of a single mom juggling work and a home life. Maybe mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe that's where it comes from. But also the idea of the mom kind of being a vulnerable figure because there weren't many movies back then where it was a single dad. It was mostly a single mom. Mm-hmm. Oh, and Fright Night. I believe uh, in the original, the mom was 
a oh, really? mother as well. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And that was another eighties, I'm guessing. Yes. And then they remade it with, um, Oh, the really good actor that passed away when his car backed over him that I'm really sad about. Oh yeah. Anton Yelchin. Star Trek too, right? Anton Yelchin. Yeah. Oh, he's so good. Yeah. That one's kind of a guilty pleasure cause it's a, it's a remake, but it's a ton of fun. Yeah. Anywho. Very cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so they basically, they're, they moved to this new town and I think it's in California and so there's a younger brother and older brother moving with their mom uh, into their grandpa's house. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's one, one of the like opening scenes is um, the older brother and the younger brother at this like big concert with like, I don't know if, do you remember is it this the saxophone scene? guy? <laughs> yeah. I love sax. We, I was uh, talking <laughs> with some friends earlier and jacked sax, jacked oily saxophone guy. Yeah. He's a, he's a, he is jacked. He's a gay icon. He's a straight icon. I don't know what he is, but he's incredible. He did amazing. It <laughs> was like so oh, fun to watch. He's that. worth the price of admission. Yeah. 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 Totally. <laughs> and I guess he's like, well, a very professional saxophone player. Oh, I'm sure. In in real life. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that was just like, that was a nice little treat. Yeah. <laughs> That's a treat for mommy. <laughs> um, so no, basically, you know, uh, the older brother sees this girl um, dance into the con- uh, the band and uh, she kind of makes eye contact with him. And then he's like blatantly staring at her, like, almost creepily staring he's at her. He's lucky he's hot because, yeah, that's that's creepy. I mean, even I mean, OK, you can be hot and look at somebody, but this was like. I'm hot, but am I a serial killer? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Lo- you know? Sometimes the hot ones are. That's true. Yeah. But she looked at him like two or three times. And each time she's like, okay, I'm going to just, I'm going to go. I think I'm just going to go. Yeah. Um, but ends up, he, so he ends up following this girl and um, meets her, her friends, quote unquote, this like biker gang, aka the vampires of this town. Do they ride motorcycles? They do. Oh, I forgot about that. Yep. Yeah. Uh, like dirt bikes? Uh, yeah. Okay, I just can't, I can't remember well, the no, intro. I think, I think the older brother has a dirt bike and they, I think, have regular motorcycles. Oh, okay. okay. It's from what I think. It doesn't matter. Anyway. Um, Sorry, but, and I've been sitting on this for a while. Mm-hmm. I think they, it feels like they're in kind of a Santa Cruz kind of area, they, beachy uh, vibes. Yes. On the bay, there's so like I think a boardwalk. they filmed in Santa Cruz, but okay. they had to change the name in the movie. That's the only way that Santa Cruz would let them film there. Yeah. To like Santa Carla, I think is what they changed it to. Oh, yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, Were they worried that people were going to be like, well, I can't go vacation in Santa Cruz anymore. There's freaking vampires there. (laughs) Yeah. Which is one thing that Uh, like a lot of the the citizens there were like knew that there were vampires. Yeah. But they just didn't really do anything about it. Yeah. They're like, oh, well, we got vampires. What are you going to do? Don't go out at night. (laughs) You're golden. Um, So he basically is like you know, trying to get this girl to like hop on his dirt bike. And the leader of the vampires is just like, star, you're not going with him. Like, you know, basically makes her go on his bike. And uh, I think the kid's name is Michael. It's the older guy, the older yeah, brother. Yeah, um, that sounds right. But he basically says like, you know, I'm not going to race you for this girl or whatever. And he says something about like, well, you just, you don't have to race me. You just have to keep up. And so, Basically, like, he ends up following them on this beach, and they take him to their lair, and they, like, 
it has like a really creepy scene where all of a sudden it's like, okay, chow time. Everybody take your Chinese box and open it up. And each time they give it to Michael, he's like, how are those maggots tasting? And he would look down and like the rice is all of a sudden maggots. Yeah, they're like messing with his head. Yeah. Maybe glant. Glamorizing him? Maybe, I think yeah. the glamour is a thing a vampire can do. Yeah. yeah. And like the noodles turn into worms and whatever. And they end up making him, not really making him, but uh, he drinks blood. And then all of a sudden he's becoming a vampire unknowingly. I couldn't remember how they turned him. That Okay, cool. So yeah, he drinks the blood and then they like are dangling. Do you remember that they were dangling off of? Love that scene. That train track. Yeah, that's hanging over a big chasm. Yeah. yeah. That's an incredible scene. And the train comes and they're yeah. all like super excited. You got to hold on, whatever. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he's slowly becoming a vampire mm-hmm. unknowingly. Um, and the younger brother is warned about vampires from these other kids who work at like a comic book store. Yeah. Who consider the, themselves hunters. They're the frog twins. I can't something, remember. Something like that. You know, I'm not going to lie to you. I was also doing my nails while watching this movie. I did see that. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. if I miss something, point it out yeah. because I'm sure I was looking down a lot of the times. Guys, she's a busy modern a, woman. So if there's one back thing you need off. to know about me is that I'm a damn good multitasker. Yes. Yeah. Well, you don't remember the name of the twins, but still, you're a well. really, you're <laughs> a very good multitasker. <laughs> yeah. Always room for improvement in everything we do. That's the, you know, that's on the Burton family crest. As long as I get the overall, like, uh, you yeah. know, general vibe of the movie. Yes. I don't need to know the details. We're a gist family. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> don't, we don't get lost in the sauce. Right. Um, so, yeah, the, the younger brother realizes, you know, is told that there's vampires there and that yep. these kids are vampire hunters, right? Um, and there's a, a moment where his older brother is at home with him and the, the little brother's in the tub and the dog's there. It's having there. a really cute bath scene. It's really cute. Corey Haim, teenage Corey Haim, just, just like, like singing and dancing. Ducky. Like, yep. Not that... <laughs> I don't know if it's that song, but it's something fun. Yeah. Um, But he's, he's about to basically attack his little brother until their dog bites him. Yeah. And chases him away. Um, So the little brother figures out that he's a vampire um, because he sees him in the reflection. He's like, Oh my God, your reflection's not completely there. So you're a vampire. Get away from me. Um, But then he, he is, he figures out, that if you kill the lead vampire, that the rest of them who were turned go back to normal. He learned that in a comic book that the Frog yeah. Twins gave him, right? That's okay. right. Yep. yep. Um, so they're trying to find the head vampire. Um, he recruits his hunter friends to help find him. They originally think it's their mom's new boyfriend. So the mom's boyfriend is the guy who owns the shop that she works at, right? Mm. Um so she invites him over for dinner and the nice kind of nice early guy. 40s dorky guy. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you kind of get a sense that he might be because he asked to be invited in. Right. Um, so as soon as he's there, they're trying all the tricks. They're trying to, you know, feed him garlic to see what happens. They try and throw holy water at him. Uh, they try and put a mirror up to see if, you know, his reflection is there. All of it backfires. Mm-hmm. And so you're like, OK, well, clearly this guy is not a vampire. Um then they end up getting to the vampire lair and the big brother saves star his little love interest who's also a vampire that we find out um and then there's also a little boy that is a vampire there too um who's been missing and they find the other vampires who are hanging upside down like bats sleeping which i found interesting because usually you find them in a coffin and uh they decide to try and stake one of them while they're sleeping 
and kills one of them. But of course, that wakes up the rest of them. Yeah. And so they're running out of the lair, and I see that the the one that they staked, they have just like their guts all over them. Yeah. But then when they come out in the sun, it reminded me of Twilight because it was just all blue glitter. They, I mean, they're just shimmering in the. <laughs> Well, that's weird. Yeah. I'm like, okay. The, the hunters yeah. come out, of course. Okay. Yeah. Oh, weird. Um, so the the vampires are trying to come after them. There's a big battle at the kids', kids is home while the mom is away. Um, and then all of it. Because this is like the, cl- like not the climax of the movie, but the. Pretty much. Build the climax. Yeah. 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 Um, so all the vampires are killed except for Star, Michael, and the little boy. Right. Yep. Um, so eventually. Sorry, and this is like a quick wrap up of the whole movie. But um, so mom comes home with her boyfriend who apparently he admits he is the head vampire. Yeah. Because he sees his lead vampire, Kiefer Sutherland, is like impaled Mm. with like Mm. antlers, I think, through the body. But he doesn't like explode or anything like that. He's just laying there, which is interesting. But I'll get on that later. Convenient for the movie, maybe. Um, I'll get on that later. Okay, okay. A little bit. Um... (laughs) <laughs> Don't want to rush you. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, let's see. So, yeah, basically he admits that he's a head vampire and he wanted his girlfriend's boys to become vampires. So that way she almost has no choice to become a vampire so he can be, they could be together forever and mm-hmm. she could become the mom. Because he kind of says something to the fact of, oh, well, this is what happens when vampires don't have a mom or something oh, like that. okay. Is that they kind of run amok and turn people yeah. um so he wants to turn her and then uh something that was interesting that they uh that he said was you know the, the little kid is saying like you know cory ham's character mm-hmm. is saying like well basically why why didn't like the garlic and the holy water like that stuff didn't work on you like how could you be the head vampire and he basically says you know once you invite a, a, a vampire into your home nothing can hurt us Mm. So you could try anything in the book and nothing's going to hurt us mm. because you invited us in. Um, so again, battle ensues between the head vampire and everybody else. He's about to change the mom. And then Grandpa saves the day. Grandpa's, Grandpa's a great character. Drives through the living room and destroys the head vampire. Yeah. Um, and I, th- I think like the last line was the gra- Grandpa was like, Oh, there's just one thing I don't like about Santa Carla is all these damn vampires. Yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> it's it's a cute note to end the movie on. Yeah, for yeah, sure. totally. Um, so I found some fun facts. Uh-huh. Um, so originally the vampires were supposed to be a lot younger. Kind of a, a so the Lost Boys is a nod to Peter, Peter, Peter Pan's, Pan's Neverland. Lost Boys. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but the director didn't want like a Goonies go vampire movie, so he made them older. Um, I think that's a good choice. Yeah. Honestly. Uh, because let me actually go back to where it was. Um, I don't know. Is this di- dinner? Why did I write? Okay, so the original director, I don't think this is right. I think it autocorrected. But anyways, I wrote down Richard Dinner. I'm guessing Richard Donner. Donner. Thank you. Mm-hmm. That's that. <laughs> Dinner. Dick, uh, Dick Dinner. Dick Dinner <laughs> was the original director. He wanted it to be more of a Goonies feel. Wow. Uh-huh. Um, but then he passed the baton over to Joel Schumacher so he could leave and direct Lethal Weapon. Oh, cool. Yeah, so Schumacher felt the movie would be more effective geared towards an older audience, so he made it more adult and sexy, 
hence the older vampires. Oh, man, I think that's the right move. Cause I, definitely. I think this movie is iconic because like, uh, all the vampires are really attractive. Yeah. Well, that's not the only part, but it's a big part. Right, right. Um, apparently, Ben Stiller was almost a lost boy. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. He was He was, He was. was coming up around that time. He I had, think so. He had his own uh, uh, comedy show. It wasn't what comedy show? Yeah, on MTV there was the Ben Stiller show. How did I miss this? Uh, I think it was on for a couple seasons. Crazy. I, I, I don't know a ton about it. I just know it was uh, uh it was bits. It was comedic segments. Okay. Throughout an, a a thirty minute show. Interesting. Yeah. Um. Had Andy Dick on it. Apparently, they need to like make that come back. Or and something. I think Janine Garofalo. Hmm. Because I think Ben Stiller and Janine Garofalo were dating for a while. Interesting. This is all like secondhand. Maybe Garrett knows this. Maybe he's making <laughs> stuff up. But I think I'm rightish. So. Um. Another fun fact. So, yes. Uh, Kiefer Sutherland's character David. Um. Did, Ew, David. David <laughs> doesn't disintegrate when he gets impaled by the antlers, which leads us to think he survived. He was actually supposed to come back in the sequel, The Lost Girls, that was written but never filmed. Oh, that. I know. That's a great. I. I feel like they should Not do that now. Nuts. They yes. should probably do that now. Yeah. Lost How girls. How fun would that I'd be? I'd love it. Right? Yeah. Mean um, girls meets vampires. <laughs> that, that'd be... I'm just over here printing money. <laughs> that would kill. Yeah, that'd do great. Yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah. Um, but I guess the, the movie had actually inspired Buffy the Vampire Slayer. So Joss Whedon uh, loved the idea that the vampires can look normal, like, like normal people, yeah. and then turn into monsters. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah, Angel yeah. kind of did that same thing that the Lost Boys yeah. did, you know. Um, and then, oh, overall, I was just done with the fun facts. In um, summation. <laughs> no, I really did enjoy the movie. Um, Good, I'm glad. Some parts did feel a little bit sped up because I felt like they had a lot of material to cover in about 94 minutes. Um, so, like, for instance, when the brother finds out that his older brother is a vampire, it's like, oh, my gosh, you don't really have a, re- a reflection. You're a vampire. Mm-hmm. And then that's it. And, you know, they try and find the the main vampire guy. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, overall, good good selection. This is actually a lot of fun to watch. Good. Yeah, I feel like it's, it's just kind of, kind of an easy movie to watch. I mean, yeah, there's – like you said, it was kind of geared towards an older audience. And by that, mm-hmm. I think it's like, you know uh, – early 20s late teens Mm -hmm. um so i'm sure they didn't want to get bogged down in character development and stuff like that and they just kind of wanted to make a pretty quick moving movie Mm -hmm. which i I need to watch it again but i remember watching it a bunch when i was a kid and it's just got it moves at a good clip it does and a lot of action Mm -hmm. and yeah yeah, it was a lot of fun yeah so i i enjoyed it yeah oh good i'm glad yeah uh, I, yeah, what did I give you this week? So you, Lucky you gave me Harry Potter and the Deathly Hollows Part 1. I wanted to watch Part 1 and Part 2, but I watched Part 1 last night, and I got real tired. <laughs> so uh, if you haven't seen this, I mean, don't just watch this one. Like, you got to watch the whole series, in my mm-hmm. opinion. Or at Definitely. least at least three through the rest of them. The first two are very kid-oriented. They're very sweet. But when the third one came around, the books started to mature and so the movie started to mature with them mm-hmm. um this one honestly it's not one of my favorites but after watching it last night like i was like oh no this this is better than i remembered um so i'm gonna cruise through through this one pretty fast so uh we open with uh 
Do I want to give any background? No, I'm not going to give any background. Uh, stuff's gone bad. This is the movie where the shit has hit the fan mm-hmm. and Harry Potter and his friends basically have to survive more or less. Like this yeah. is the one where things have gone bad. Yeah. Things are now bad and they got to try and make it better. So things are bad. Uh, we open with the Minister of Magic uh, talking to the press, basically saying, you know, hey, it's it's all good. Like, it's going to be okay. Um, the ministry is strong. And you can kind of tell, like, oh, they're, they're worried. Um, uh, we then cut to uh, our three main protagonists, uh, Harry. Uh, he's at his uh, home with his aunt and uncle and cousin, but uh, aunt and uncle and cousin are leaving town. Mm-hmm. They know that, that stuff's gone down. Probably Harry's told them, like, it's not safe for you guys here. Yeah. Um, so they're leaving. And uh, there's a really sweet scene where Harry's walking around his home, and he looks uh, under the stairs in the room that he kind of grew up in before oh, he yeah. uh, became a wizard. And it's uh, really sweet. Um, also, Hermione's at her home, and she casts a spell on her parents, Obliviate, so they forget her. And you see all the photographs in the house. like Which is such a sad moment Removing her, yeah. Um, just shows that she's she's burdened with brilliance. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, it got me wondering, like, can you reverse an Obliviate curse? I, that's a I would great hope question. so, because if not, she's just like, she no longer has parents. and that's She really, doesn't have family except yeah. for... Hey, hey, if anybody can re- can reverse it, it's uh, it's Hermione. Totally. And then uh, Ron's just kind of chilling with his family, mm-hmm. and he's like looking out in the sky. It's it's a real like uh, there's a storm coming movement uh, moment. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, it's like everybody knows that things are never going to be the same. Mm-hmm. Um, Oh, yeah, and I said, uh, Hermione's Obliviate is strong because it's like changing <laughs> pictures and stuff. And uh, we then cut to Severus Snape meeting up with a bunch of Death Eaters at Malfoy Manor. And uh, in the previous movie, this is going to be filled with spoilers, obviously, but uh, in the previous movie, uh, Severus Snape killed Dumbledore. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now we see him meeting up with uh, Voldemort and all the other Death Eaters. And they have a witch uh, paralyzed and floating above this big table where they're having their meeting. And turns out uh, she was a teacher at Hogwarts and she taught muggle studies. And they make fun of her saying, oh, she thinks that muggles and, hum- or muggles and, and wizards are, should, should commingle and reproduce together. And they're not too dissimilar and everybody's like grossed out. You know, they're... The, the, these Death Eaters are an analog for Nazis, essentially. They think they yeah. are the superior race. Mm-hmm. Um, real easy villain shorthand. Um, but then uh, Voldemort kills her with the killing curse of Ada Kedavra. And then Nagini, the big snake, eats her. Um, and then we cut to uh, Harry's house. Um, and uh, this is a really cool scene where Harry is... Uh, they need to get him away from the house... And basically get them somewhere safe, which is the Weasley residence, because they'll have they'll ha- they have like a big uh, protective spell around the house. Mm-hmm. And um, so a bunch of people show up. It's like cast from all of the movies, um, friends, family. Uh, they meet uh, the Weasley's oldest brother, who is played by I'm not going to remember his name. But he was the one of the bad guys in the most recent Star Wars movies. Um, red-haired dude. Oh, yeah. God, God darn it. 
That's crazy. Yeah. I never put that together because yeah. he has shorter hair in the Star yeah. Wars. Yeah, he does. Uh, and so basically what they do is they transform like six of Harry's friends using Apologies Potion into Harry Potter lookalikes. Mm-hmm. They all look exactly the same. They're dressed the same. The idea is that they're going to spread out and the Death Eaters won't know which one to chase in case they know that they're transporting him tonight. Uh, three, two, one. They all take off and there's a an incredible shot. Harry is riding with Hagrid. They're coming up the rear and they're flying into these clouds and it looks like there's a thunderstorm but then they break through the clouds and it's hundreds of death eaters chasing after all of harry's friends so crazy incredibly dramatic um and harry and hagrid are chased by a few death eaters Uh, they more or less manage to get away uh but uh unfortunately harry's owl hedwig gets a killing curse and dies just yeah so sad this movie movie. this movie sets a tone like and the book of of course um sets a tone it's like you know Again, things aren't going to be the same if mm-hmm. from the moment, you know, everybody knows that people are going to die. And uh, uh, Voldemort shows up, tries to kill Harry, um, but uh, the wand that he's using, which he stole from Lucius Malfoy, breaks. It's not strong mm-hmm. enough. Mm-hmm. So Harry and Hagrid get away, and uh, they show up at uh, the Weasley house. It's this cool, busted-ass wizard house. It's the best. Um and uh, Mad Eye Moody uh, was killed in the attack as well, and I'm gonna I'm gonna speed through faster. A wedding happens. The oldest Weasley brother, I believe, the oldest, um, the same guy that was in the the Star Wars movies. Mm-hmm. He's getting married uh, to a French girl, and it's a very sweet wedding. And uh, then a big orb breaks through the wedding and says the Ministry has fallen. Minister of Magic is dead. Uh, they're coming, they're coming, and then all of a sudden Death Eaters just start breaking in through the wedding and killing people, and Harry, Hermione, and Ron are able to uh, escape. They, uh, it's not evaporate, they apparate, mm-hmm. I think that's right, um, to some, I don't know if it's London, I'm not familiar with the UK, mm-hmm. but it seems like they're in like London proper, which is cool to see them walking around with muggles, you don't really get those scenes yeah. in the movies, um, even though it's short. Um, they then stop and get a, they order some cappuccinos at a cafe and they're just kind of trying to figure out what they're going to do next. Um, but these two guys walk in and Harry sees one of them take out a wand. And so they fight him off and, uh, they were death eaters. So they're being tracked, um, Mm -hmm. somehow. And let's see, what else do we got? Oh, uh, oh, I wrote, uh, Rita Skeeter can eat shit. Uh, (laughs) The you mean she's not your favorite character oh, in that movie? She's the worst. And the whole Dumbledore subplot is odd. There's a whole Dumbledore subplot. Rita Skeeter writes a tell-all book about Dumbledore. Mm-hmm. And we learn some more about Dumbledore's family and background in this movie. Um, it's fine. It, it it serves a purpose for the plot. But it's it's just more... The whole like the whole series is like Dumbledore, Dumbledore isn't saying everything. Why is he so mysterious? And this is just more of that. Like Dumbledore is a mysterious figure. It's not bad. Yeah. It's just... I think they just need to set up the the brother situation. Yeah, yeah, that's true. the The brother comes in. Yeah. Uh, second movie. You're absolutely right. Uh, uh, cool sing walking with muggles. Uh, cafe scene is dope. Bad customer service in that cafe. Oh yeah. The the server is wearing headphones and she just does not have a helping attitude. No. And uh, oh yeah. 
uh, there's a scene where they're walking after they leave the cafe and all of a sudden Hermione's like, Oh, Harry, we forgot to celebrate your birthday. <laughs> and he's like, well, you know, death eaters are chasing us. Like, I'm not worried about a birthday. And she goes, right. Perspective. <laughs> like, is Hermione a robot? Is she just processing this information? Does she have enough Ram? It was just, it was just a weird line. I mean, she, she delivered it fine. It just always struck me as odd. Um, they then show up at what I believe is the headquarters for the Order of the Phoenix. Um, I believe it was uh, what's his what's Harry's godfather's name? Sirius Black. Yes, it's the Black Manor, the Black House. Mm-hmm. That's where they show up. Um, creatures there. He's a house elf, but he's racist, so he sucks. Not like my <laughs> not like my King Dobby. Um, oh, and there's a really sweet scene when they show up at that uh, the Black House and. They they do some sort of uh, spell to see if anybody's there, and it doesn't come up with anything. And Hermione, I think, says, we're alone, and then it fades to black. Mm-hmm. A, lot, a lot of fades to blacks that is true. in this movie, yeah. which I'm sure is just to kind of convey that sense of loneliness and kind of the, the darkness creeping in. Right. Uh, oh, yeah. Creature is a racist. Uh, <laughs> school's going to suck this year. I'm just reading through my notes because a bunch of the kids are on the train to school. And the Death Eaters stop the train, and they're looking for Harry. And Neville, being the badass king that he is, he's like, "Hey, idiots! They're not here. Like Ron's not, or uh, Harry's not here." Um, and they they quickly they go they flash to the Ministry of Magic, where the new minister, who is a Death Eater, is kind of giving a pep talk to his people. And I wrote, uh, "They built that statue quick." Because there's a big statue in the middle of the Mystery of Magic showing all the muggles being crushed under the might is magic thing. They built that super quick. I mean, I know they're magical, but still. (laughs) That's a quick turnaround. Uh, Oh, yeah. And then they go into the heist scene because they're trying to get uh, one of the... The whole whole conceit of, like, this movie and the next movie is they're trying to get all the horcruxes, which Voldemort split his soul like six or seven, seven times, times, seven times, mm-hmm. and he put his soul into these horcruxes, these physical objects that contain his soul. Mm-hmm. Um, in the movie before, they destroyed one, I think it was a tiara or something, maybe? Uh, well, one was like a book. That was, yeah, and that was in a few movies before. Yeah. Are you that was about Tom Riddle's right Diary. Before? Yeah. In oh, the the Half Blood Prince. I think it was a tiara. The TR comes in the last one. Oh, you're right. We don't know what it was. I don't remember. Yep. Uh, so this one, uh, they they have to break into the Ministry of Magic to get like this kind of pendant thing off of, um, oh, this terrible lady that was the headmaster of Hogwarts for oh, a while. Oh, she's the worst. Yeah, she's dumb terrible. Cat lady. Um, so it's this whole high scene where where Ron, Hermione, and Harry take Polyjuice potion, and it's just kind of shenanigans of like, oh, they. You know, Ron and Harry run into each other, and Ron's like, hey, how you doing? Like, oh, Mondays. And Harry's like, it's me. He's like, oh, I forgot it was you. It's like, okay. I, I, we've seen Polyjuice Potion before. I don't really care about this. Mm-hmm. But it it went by quicker than I remembered. Yeah. I thought it was a lot longer, but it, it moves by at a good clip. Um, so they steal this Horcrux, and they apparate into the woods. Uh, Ron is injured. Um, let's see. Oh, yeah, Ron gets... splinched is what she says okay so it sounds like maybe he was gonna apparate somewhere but then hermione 
brought him with to a different location. They had to like switch locations because somebody was on their ass, mm-hmm. and he tears up his arm. That's right. Um, so she's he's got his arm in a splint for a while, um, and oh yeah, uh, there's a scene where Harry snaps at uh, Hermione. He's like, "You're not doing enough," and he gets mad. And Hermione tells him to take off the Horcrux. Mm-hmm. And he's like, "What?" She's like, "Take it off now." And he takes it off, and she goes, "Do you feel better?" He's like, "Yeah." So I wrote to, "You're not yourself when you're wearing a Horcrux," <laughs> like the Snickers, the Snickers. Logan. Uh, yeah. So, um, so we do know that the Horcrux has a negative effect. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're being chased by Snatchers, just this group of uh, Death Eaters that are there to snatch uh, half. They call them half bloods or mud bloods. People that are you know, not pure quote unquote mm-hmm. pure wizards again, Nazi allegory. Um, Oh, and, uh, then Ron gets upset cause he's wearing the Horcrux and he's jealous. He thinks that, uh, Hermione and Harry have a love thing, which I, I was, even when I first saw the movie, first read the books, I was never like worried, like, wait, are like Harry and Hermione going to end up together? It's like, well, no, obviously like mm-hmm. Harry's, Harry's down with, uh, Ginny. Yeah. Like, what are we? What are we even worried about? Why is this even a part of this story? But I guess you got to have a reason for Ron to kind of run away and be a big old baby. Right. Right. So I wrote uh, Ron gone, <laughs> and then uh, let's see. Oh, dance scene is sweeter than I remember. There's a scene where Harry and Hermione like they kind of dance. He's trying to cheer her up, mm-hmm. and I was worried like, is this going to be a really like awkward, cringy? But it's. I don't know. It's a lot sweeter than I remembered it. it. There wasn't really any romantic tension in it. It was literally just two friends trying to make the best of a horrible situation. Yeah, that's true. It was way better than I remembered. Just, just way less awkward. Yeah. Uh, and then they're off to Godric's hollow where Harry was born, uh, where his parents are buried. Um, and he finds his parents head headstone. Mm-hmm. Um, but also I believe Voldemort was born there. And so that's why oh, really? they're heading there. Um, or Voldemort has some connection to Godric's Hollow. Okay. Um, and they run into this uh, super old lady, the super old lady that doesn't talk. Oh, yeah, that part is Until so they pretty. get into this creepy old house, and then Harry and this old lady are standing together, and they're speaking to each other in parcel tongue. Mm-hmm. And but I, Hermione's not there, so no. she's not realizing that, yeah. Right, and I, I wondered, I couldn't remember. I'm like, so wait. That's right. Harry doesn't realize he's speaking parcel tongue. Right. Because I think in like the second movie, he sta- he talks to that snake and then everybody's wigged out. And he's like, what's everybody's problem? The snake was talking to me and I talked back. So mm-hmm. I think it was, it didn't give away the game to Harry because he right. didn't realize that's how they were communicating. Mm-hmm. That makes sense to me. Um, and then I wrote, yo, Nagini is nasty. Because <laughs> uh, the old lady is Nagini uh-huh. dressed up as an old lady somehow. Magic. And uh, there's a cool fight scene with Nagini, and then they apparate, and they blow out a window, and they get out of there, and they're back in the woods. And, uh, oh, yeah, I wrote, can Obliviate be reversed? Because I was just thinking about that. Right. Uh, Oh, uh, so they're back in the woods. They're trying to figure out how to destroy this Horcrux they have. Um, And all of a sudden, Harry is led to this frozen-over pond by a doe... Uh, oh yeah, what are those what, called? What, uh, uh, Patronus, Thank Adobe you. Yep. Patronus, mm-hmm. um, and uh, he follows the orb of light. There was this Patronus that deep dives down below the ice, and the sword of Gryffindor, Gryffindor is there, which they 
uh, say earlier in the movie has disappeared and uh, for some reason that can kill a horcrux mm-hmm. probably because it's the sort of Gryffindor I don't know um, so Harry breaks open the ice he swims down there but the horcrux starts freaking out that's around his neck and just about kills him this figure shows up pulls him and the sword of Gryffindor out of the water who is it Ron oh it's your boy Ron <laughs> it's that redheaded freak Ron um, and I just wrote hypothermia because, like, yeah. literally, Harry just... he like in he, his underwear. Yeah. But then he puts his clothes back on, which I guess, like, that makes sense. But Ron just dove in with his clothes on, and he's just standing there. It's like, you guys... That's got to be freezing. Magic or not. Like, you got to take care of yourselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, you think they'd have, like, an instant dry spell or something to do. Yeah, worked in... Uh, not Encino Man. Uh, the one with Sylvester Stallone and Wesley Snipes. Uh, Demolition Man. Mm. I think that was a thing in that movie. Okay. Okay. I've never seen it, so I'm going to take your word on that. I'm doing great. Uh, So they defeat this Horcrux. Ron is back. Hermione's a little pissed, but he says something really sweet about he was led back because um, there's this orb of light that was calling his name, and it was Hermione, and then it went straight through his heart, and he knew he had to follow it. And Hermione, you can tell she's like, she's like, into that. Yeah. Um, (laughs) So, you know, it's getting back good. Uh, But they realize... Uh, there's a symbol they keep seeing and uh, they met uh, Luna Lovegood's dad at the wedding. Um, oh, yeah. And they're like, oh, we got to go talk to him because he was wearing that same symbol. Um, and let's all just applaud Luna Lovegood. Oh. She is the best of us all. Mm-hmm. She deserves everything in this life and more. We could all be a little bit more yeah, like her. Neville, if you ever hurt her, <laughs> I will find you and I will kill you because she's a pure soul. Uh, so... We go to the Lovegood residence, and Luna's dad is acting real weird, and he Mm -hmm. looks like he's just been divorced, and he's like real mopey and odd. Uh, But they learn about the tale of the three brothers in the Deathly Hollows, Mm -hmm. and uh, they tell the tale of the three brothers through animation. It's gorgeous. It's Tim Burton, but not annoying. They did such a good job. Oh, it's it's so cool. Yeah, it's really dark and disturbing, but uh, whimsical at the same time. Oh, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that scene in and of itself is worth mm-hmm. the entire movie, in my opinion. It's just such a cool scene. Um, so they talk about that tale, and then uh, they're the the three our three intrepid heroes are about to leave. Luna's dad's like, no, you can't leave. And turns out the Death Eaters took Luna because Luna's dad was writing some negative press. So they took Luna to make him stop. And he was going to give them Harry and Ron and Hermione to get her for back. Luna. Yeah. 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 He's, I mean, he's a dad in, in dire straits. I'm not, I'm not too mad at him. Mm. Um, oh, and so the three, you know, Harry, Ron, Hermione uh, are able to escape and they're back in the woods. But where they operate there's death eaters around them they were able to track them somehow and so they start running through the woods and i wrote uh, sound design is so cool when they're running from the snatchers oh it, yeah it, all the sound uh falls away and you can just kind of hear them panting heavily running um and then when they're casting spells it's yeah like no background music it's, it's so it's well so effective yeah. yeah it's very well done um they capture ron and then they're about to capture Hermione and Harry, and Hermione blasts Harry in the face with a spell, and uh, like deforms him, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. The it was a stinging curse, mm-hmm. and so they couldn't properly identify Harry. 
Um, they then cut to a quick scene where it's when Harry gets the stinging curse. He flashes to basically what Voldemort's doing. These have happened a few times through the movie. Mm-hmm. And Voldemort is talking with uh, Grindelwald, who is the villain in the prequels that come out. Mm-hmm. I don't like those movies. So <laughs> I will. I wrote Grindelwald. So cool. It's It's... <laughs> It's just kind of a nothing scene. I wonder if it's them setting, trying to set up the future ones. Probably. And, and it's it's referenced in the book, but plenty of people have said, like, so that's cool they're making these prequels over a villain that's just barely referenced in the in the novels. Yeah, that's um, true. If you're a big Harry Potter fan and you disagree, that's cool. I don't care. Uh, <laughs> so now, uh, because the Death Eaters kind of think it might be Harry Potter, because mm-hmm. uh, they see a scar on his forehead, it's just disfigured. It's not the lightning bolt proper. They take him to Malfoy Manor again. We're back there. Um, and I wasn't sure for us, so, uh, so I wrote to, to Malfoy Manor. Yep, it's their house. <laughs> <laughs> Keep myself uh, amused. Yeah. Um, and so they get there, and uh, they're basically – they put uh, Harry and Ron in a dungeon where Luna – and the guy that sells all the wands to the kids. Yes. And a goblin from the bank. That sounds right. Which I think might be an offensive stereotype, stereotype to Jewish people, but that I don't really know about. Uh. Any hoozles. Um, but, uh, oh, uh, the uh, uh, Ms. Ms. Black, if you're nasty. <laughs> I don't remember what her first name is. She's Sirius Black's sister. She's like super evil. Oh. Played by Helena Bonham Carter. Yes. Yeah. She has this awesome line reading where she's like, take them to the dungeon. Uh, me and this one are going to have a, she's talking to Hermione. She's like, me and this one are going to have a chat. Girl to girl. And <laughs> it's, but it's way more British. It's, oh, it's, it's just such a good line reading. And the torture, it's not overly done because that would be really kind of creepy to see a child getting tortured. Yeah. Um, it's more suggested and shown afterwards, but, uh, the the woman that plays Hermione, uh, she just does such a good Emma something Thompson, yeah. Emma no. Frost, Black Widow. Gosh, this Whatever. is terrible. Emma, Emma. Uh, she just she has an incredible scream. She should be in more horror movies because it is. She gut, sold that it's well. Gut wrenching. Yeah, it's so sad. Um, and then uh, Dobby shows up. Dobby. Dobby shows up, and I wrote, Dobby is so goddamn clutch. <laughs> um, and uh, I love seeing Lucius get his ass kicked because oh, yeah. there's like two times where Lucius just gets thrown across the room. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that, uh, I think it's in the third movie, second or th- uh, second movie where they introduce Lucius, and he seems like kind of a big bad, and he really gets neutered in the later movies when yes. Voldemort shows up because it shows that he's just... He's, he's going f- back in his shell. He's a fake strong man. Yeah. Like he, he acts like he's he's tough shit, but he just ha- happens to have some money. Mm-hmm. When someone with true power shows up, he's just a sniveling little turd. Um, so uh, Dobby is the only reason there is a sequel to this movie because he gets everybody out. He orchestrates it. He knocks out Peter Pettigrew, mm-hmm. and he saves Hermione by, you know, apparating up to a chandelier and unscrewing it. And uh, uh, it falls down, and they're able to get Hermione away. And Ms. Black, um, she's like, you you know, you dumb little elf. You could have killed me. And uh, I think uh, Dobby, like, steals her wand. She's like, how dare you steal a wand from me? Like, I'm your master. 
and uh, I was really tired at this point. Um, but Dobby says, uh, I have no master. Dobby's a free elf. And I wrote, hell yeah, Dobby has no masters, no kings, no gods, just free elves. <laughs> so I want everybody to rise up. I remember no watching kings. this in the theater, and I think everybody in the theater was like yeah. hooting and hollering like, oh, yeah, Dobby. Hell yeah, Dobby. Yeah, it's the best. Get yours, man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Dobby is apparating everybody out of the room, mm-hmm. but Miss Black throws a... Uh, like a dagger a, blade, a dagger yeah and he doesn't close it in time and dobby takes it in the chest oh, like so sad like a man oh. and he's on this beach with harry and harry wants to save him but he's just like i'm here with my friend and he passes away oh it just makes me want to cry just thinking about yeah. it or rest in power king oh dobby's the best he is harry says i want to bury him proper no magic mm-hmm. that's that's what he deserves Mm-hmm. And I wrote, then Voldemort finds the Elder Wand or whatever. Who cares? <laughs> Dobby's gone. Sets it up for the second one. Yeah. 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 Um, oh, man. Yeah. I, like I said, I was I was getting a little loopy at the end because I was so tired. Uh, but, man, that it's, it's one of the most effective uh, finales of those movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, Finding the Elder One, yeah, that sets that sets up the next movie pretty well. Like the Elder One has made a big deal in this movie, mm-hmm. so Voldemort finding it is intimidating. But Dobby going down, like they they nailed, they hit it they, out of the park. Yeah, that was yeah. a really good ending to that. Yeah, that it first is part. so emotionally moving. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I talked to you last night. That's huge considering in the second movie, Dobby's kind of a nuisance. Like, you like him at the end. They redeem him at the end when yeah. Harry kind of gives him a sock and so frees him. And he, again, whoops Lucius Malfoy. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, oh, man, it's... it's well, Something I was thinking about, too. So, with the whole, like, the kids are all right, right? Yeah. Um, w- with these movies, so, clearly when there's Death Eaters knocking at the door of this school and... Then all of a sudden, you know, the three of them are out by themselves trying to survive. And, and was that kind of the plan that like Hermione would take Ron and Harry and they would just go out on by themselves without any adult supervision? I think that was Hermione's plan. I think Hermione, because from the beginning, Hermione, uh, when they first escaped the wedding, um, Harry's like, oh, man, I forgot my bag with all my stuff. Mm-hmm. Turns out Hermione has this bag of infinite holding. Mm-hmm. And she's had their stuff in there for days, just ready for stuff to go down. Because, like, nobody else really knows about the Horcruxes and needing to destroy them, right? I think members of the Order of the Phoenix do. Like, why? I guess my thing is, like, why wasn't there an adult or two to go along with this plan? Hmm. Like, why is it just the kids going off and doing this? Or why didn't they go back to find somebody to help them? Yeah, I I know. There's a scene earlier in the movie when they first, uh, you know, when they all go from Harry's house to Ron's house and there's that big battle. Um, when people first start showing up, uh, oh, one of the professors, he's the werewolf guy, mm-hmm. he he starts pointing a wand at Harry and is like, you know, what was in the corner of the room when I first met Harry Potter? He's making sure there's no imposters. Right, right, right. Um, then... Uh, this uh, large man dressed in a dashiki um, shows up and they point wands at each other and he's like, uh, what did what did uh, Dumbledore say to us the last time 
we spoke with him mm-hmm. and said, uh, trust Harry Potter. He is the best hope we have. Something like that. So I think the idea is that Dumbledore knew that Harry and his two friends could do it without anybody. Yeah. Maybe? Yeah. And, and, uh, earlier in the movie, he bequeaths, um, Dumbledore bequeath, bequeaths items to them mm-hmm. that directly help them in their search for the Horcruxes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think, uh, short answers i don't know that mm-hmm. would make sense to have you know an adult with them as a supervisory role but i, I mean I'm, I'm glad that they didn't yeah but just the whole like theme of the kids are all right it was just interesting that like hermione erases the you know memory of her yeah obviously harry he has a family doesn't care about him mm-hmm. and so really the only caring parents are ron's yeah but they're like oh yeah you know he's just gonna be gone with harry and hermione and everything's cool yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's just kind of the idea of it's wartime. And, mm-hmm. you know, they're all 17. They're adults. And, you know, most of the other family are busy with the underground fighting the Death Eaters how they can, where they can. And this is just, this is Harry and Hermione and Ron's role is to defeat these Horcruxes because he is the chosen one. So maybe the parents already knew all this? I believe so, because Dumbledore was the leader of the Order of the Phoenix. Uh, am I so? Maybe he set it up like there's going to be a time where the three of them are going to go off, and you have to be okay with it. I, I I'm just I thinking guess. like, okay, if I am Ron's mom, would I want my kid not to be with me when there's a war going on? Yeah, but I and I think it's just set up that they can't go back home. Like, mm-hmm. true. I, I'm sure that the Weasley house is probably burned to the ground. Yeah. So Ron probably doesn't know how to find them. They don't know how to find him. True. So I, I. That's true. I don't. I don't know that Dumbledore knew all that, but I think it's set up. I think Dumbledore sets it up that Harry is the chosen one. He's going to defeat. Uh, Voldemort. Voldemort. Yeah. Support him, however we've got to support him, however we can. Right. Okay. Um. Yeah that that's my take um but yeah i it's i think it's the logical beginning of the conclusion is getting them out of the school you know it's no longer like uh, adults like it's it's like oh we're gonna it's like die legit them on their own yes yeah yeah we're fighting hitler you mm-hmm. know like it's yeah yeah uh, yeah i i really want to watch the second movie now maybe we'll do that tonight yeah there you go bed because uh I I love the universe of Harry Potter. I do too, yeah. It's a ton fun. of fun. And I'm not going to mention the author or anything about her. Okay. So. Moving on. Moving on. <laughs> uh, oh. Uh, I don't really have any stuff for Garrett's nerd corner. You didn't want to talk about um, Mandalorian at I all? don't want to... Again, like... Oh, spoilers, true. Yeah, yeah, I think most people are watching it, but if I... Can we do five minutes? Let's do five. All right, guys. Uh, let's see. So I'm tracking it now. Uh, you know what? Fast forward. We'll do two minutes. We're going to make this quick. All Fast right. forward two minutes um, starting now. So Grogu going off of Luke Skywalker. I mean that's it's poetry it's beautiful Mm -hmm. it's the best ending possible and it's such a cool ending because it doesn't cleanly set up anything 
the idea is that there's going to be all these spinoffs with uh, Ahsoka Tano and I believe with uh, 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 the leader of the kind of two Mandalorians, Sasha Banks, and then... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, they, they may have their own spinoff or it might be involved with Ahsoka Tano somehow. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, they're setting up Boba Fett um, and the Book of Boba Fett. Oh, yeah. Him taking cool. over the hut, the hut crime. It's, oh, man. Crazy. Holy shit. Holy nuggets! <laughs> Trying not to curse for Ramy and Addy, but uh, oh man, so good. Uh, Boba Fett coming in. I mean, I know uh, years ago they were talking about doing a Boba Fett movie. Mm-hmm. I think this this was the way to do it. Like I I feel like a movie. Just going off of the most recent Star Wars films and the spinoff films, I'm not super confident they would have made a compelling Boba Fett movie. But introducing him in this Mandalorian series, they did a really good job. It was already proven in that first season. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's gonna be really cool. Yeah. 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 And this season, they just really they found their stride in the first season. The first Mm -hmm. season is impeccable, but this one, they just drove it home that hey. We can look into different uh, characters that haven't been explored in this universe, like the first episode on Tatooine with uh, Timothy, Timothy Oliphant being the sheriff. Mm-hmm. That's That seems incredible. Yep. But then they're also saying, oh, no, we can totally dig into uh, Star Wars, Clone Wars, and Rebels. We can dig into that stuff, absolutely. And they're saying, oh, you don't like that? You want us to bring back some characters from the previous season? Bill Burr, get in here. <laughs> and every episode's a hitter. I... I was telling I was telling you the other night like we've got to go back and watch the first two seasons, mm-hmm. specifically the second season to see if there are any down episodes. I think, <coughs> excuse me, I think maybe the frog episode with the eggs where yeah. they're trapped in that ice cave with the spiders, that might be the down episode, and that's not a bad episode. That's a solid episode. Right. There's tension. That just kind of shows goes to show like how good the season was. The level of quality consistently was crazy high mm-hmm. um did you make your two minutes uh let's see 20 i did okay sorry if you caught any of that <laughs> uh oh that felt good <laughs> that felt really good uh suffice it to say this is not a spoiler suffice it to say mandalorian is potentially the best star wars media to come out since the or- original trilogy mm-hmm. that's I don't think that's a super controversial opinion. Mm-mm. It's just so good. Another not controversial opinion, uh, St- uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse is, is the best Spider-Man movie ever made. I love the Tom Holland movies. They're so good. Yeah. But Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse is, uh, 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 <laughs> is the best. It's so good. So I'm full of not controversial opinions. Mm-hmm. I Oh, oh yeah. I got some, uh, I got some flack from our friends, the Holderfields. Uh, saying that I I didn't like, um, I didn't like Star Wars Rogue One, mm-hmm. and so I just want to take a quick second and say, uh, listen up, dipshits. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I said I was gonna burn your ass. So welcome to the burn zone. You guys are stupid, and you don't know what you're talking about. And that was the burn zone. Oh my gosh. <laughs> He really loves you. Uh, yeah, I love you guys. I'm, yeah, I'm kidding. But I did tell them they're gonna <laughs> they're gonna start up their own podcast just to talk shit about us. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. So, well, I'm excited. Uh, next week is the last week of the month. That's right. 
That's so right. we've got one more assignment of the kids are all right, right? Yep. And then uh, we've got January of a new theme. Yes. Uh, so do we want to talk about our assignments for next week first? I think we should. Sounds good. You want to go first? You want me yes. to? Yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Um, so I chose kids with celebrity parents, but more so specifically Jaden and Jada Smith. Ooh. Okay. Cool. Jada Smith. It's not Jada. Jaden and why did I put Jada? That's the mom. Jada Pinkett. Yeah. What is her name? I better look this up. This is terrible. Jaden and whip my hair back and forth. Right. Willow. 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 There it is. Like that movie. Like that movie with the little person. Mm-hmm. Yep. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think Jane's kind of an interesting guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, not a not the best actor, but I think that his music is interesting. But yeah, more so like, you know, growing up in the shadow of your parents who are yeah. both big stars. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. How was that like? How did that affect them? Yeah. You know? And Jaden and Willow are both Jada and Will's kids. There is another kid that Will had. That's older with yeah. another woman. Yeah. Okay. Just making sure. Yep. Cool. Yeah. Uh, very nice. Um, I've got a super easy one for you, I think. Okay. Uh, I have never seen... Oh, it's like... Uh, uh, Merry Christmas, Charlie Brown. The Charlie Brown Christmas special. Oh, I yeah. don't know if I have either. Yeah. Okay. I thought that might be fun. Yeah, very fun. I, I think I honestly think the Charlie Brown kids are kind of interesting because mm-hmm. there, uh, there's a fun of a ton of fun interpretations. SNL does, you know, interpretations. I just I think they're they've got character traits, but they're also so blank that I think you can kind of do a lot of interesting stuff with them. So, mm-hmm. um, but I, I I haven't taken in a lot of Charlie Brown media in my life, so. I don't think I have either. Yeah. I mean, if it was on TV, I'd probably watch it a little bit, but never really go deep con- into it. It's, it is embarrassing. I was more of a Garf- Garfield guy. You know what? I'm oh. not embarrassed to say that. Don't be. Yeah. I don't like Mondays, and I love lasagna. <laughs> you know this about me. That's my favorite food. That is your favorite food. Yep. Yep. And I do... Actually, I, I'm kind of on that train with you, though, yeah. because when it comes to Charlie Brown and Garfield, I would always watch the Garfield cartoons yeah. and not really the Charlie Brown. I also read a lot more Calvin and Hobbes. Oh, yeah. I think Charlie Brown might just kind of be in the same uh, same genre, same field as uh, the family circus. I think it was just kind of before our time as, oh, as far yeah. as... Uh, Newspaper serial comics went. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yep. Um, cool. Well, that'll be fun. Yeah. And we announce what the topic for the next month is. Correct? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So the, no, you should. So it's, uh, it's definitely your turn, but we kind of came to this conclusion together. So you should say it. Well, and this was also influenced by our good friend, Juna. Thank yes. you, Juna. Thank you, Juna. Um, sh- gosh, this is going to be so much fun. Like I just, I don't know a whole lot of, about this genre yeah so i'm really excited to like dive in and see what we can find we might have to like kind of go out of formula and just have her assign stuff to us if she's willing yeah because we're both like this is a big blind spot for us totally and it is we still haven't said it okay uh k-pop 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 so we know bts you know Blackpink. Black I don't know. Well, anything. I don't know them. I just saw that they have a special on Netflix. Okay. And that so, they're really big. Yeah. So we, we got some room. Like BTS, uh, we've listened to a few of their songs. They've got a music pack on Beat Saber that you've oh, been crushing. Oh, man. Um, Beat Saber songs are so yeah. fun. Boy With Love is an easy song to listen to. 
good dancing music. Dope, and dope is fun. Good raps. Yeah, it's but fun. that's that is literally the beginning and end of our K-pop knowledge. Yep. So I'm excited to see if there's some different uh, cultures, genres. If there's any food, or I'm sure there's fashion. Just kind uh, yeah, of, that's what I'm really excited for. Yeah. It's the fashion part. Yeah. Oh man, if there was some like. Uh, some manga or anime or just straight up comic books that I could read that are that are K-pop inspired or mm-hmm. centric, that'd be cool as hell. Yeah. Yeah. So um, if if June is like, no, I have a life, totally fair, <laughs> then we'll just we'll have to start doing some digging yeah. and figure out what we're going to do. Uh, so that's going to be January is going to be really exciting. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be very eye opening for both of us. Yeah. Um, something new to learn i'm, yeah. I'm just so stoked it's for totally it. a different culture we've yeah. obviously most of what we've been talking about is very american centric just because mm-hmm. that's what we grew up with so it'll be awesome to step outside just of that something zone mm-hmm. yes 100 percent. absolutely ah so fun i want to apologize to elwin and elric i, I didn't mean those awful things <laughs> i said <laughs> i was wondering when that was coming my my uh my it's like, wow, you went hard on that one. Yeah, I inherited some Catholic guilt from my dad, so <laughs> I was feeling pretty terrible. I'm, I'm kidding. They're, they're the best guys in the world. Must have been the whiskey that you drank earlier today. Oh, stop it. <laughs> Brings out the aggression in Garrett. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Just kidding. You know, you threatened to fight your buddy one time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I did threaten to... No, I didn't threaten some other guy. I was just kind of giving him the business ah. over Cornell. You know, this is funny. We have our first kid break, and it's the end of our podcast. Yeah. We made it all well, the way through, you guys. Hey, Cash, ca- come on in. Yeah. Come here, buddy. Yep. Cash, you want to tell everybody bye? Bye. Oh, that was pretty. Do you want to get on mic and do it? Yeah, why don't you come closer to the mic and say bye? Bye. Bye. <laughs> Great job. Good job. It sounded a little aggressive, but I like it. I like that. I like that energy. Um, oh, shoot. We were going to have a different way to end episodes from now on. Oh, yeah. You were going to do some shoot. research. You know what? We'll we save it for premiere the, the new week. outro. Yeah, either next week or January. That's a good idea. Yeah. All right, Cash. You want to tell everybody you love them? No? No. He might not love everybody. I think you love most people to listen to this podcast, but that's okay. You don't have to. You don't have to. Yeah. All right. Thanks so much for hanging out with us, guys. As always, appreciate you listening. Uh, if you've got any suggestions for us mm-hmm. for K-pop month or for, well, no, this will be the end of uh, the kids are all right, right month. But still, suggestions for uh, topics for future months for mm-hmm. us. Um, we really appreciate it. You can reach us at lifewellspent at yahoo.com. Mm-hmm. And you can also reach us on Instagram at Life Well Spent. Is there anything else with that? Uh, no, just yeah, Life underscore Spent underscore. Oh, Life, life well, underscore Well I mean. underscore Spent. Yeah. Underscore. Underscore. Okay. Yep, that's right. We're doing great. Yep. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Reach out to us. Uh, let us know what you think of the podcast. If you have any recommendations? We greatly appreciate it. Uh, everybody have a fantastic week. Uh, our next episode will come out on Sunday. Well, technically like Saturday. So happy holidays. Merry yes. Christmas. Yeah. Uh, I Hanukkah's think, already I think gone. Hanukkah's done. Yeah. So mm-hmm. uh, if you celebrated Hanukkah, I hope you had an incredible Hanukkah. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you celebrate Christmas, I hope you have a fantastic Christmas, you and your family. Uh, if you're into Kwanzaa, anything like that, we just hope you have a, a wonderful, beneficial, prosperous 
holiday season. Absolutely. Thanks hey, for listening. Thanks, we love you so guys. much. Don't do, be a Richard. Do not be a Richard. <laughs> don't be a Richard. Don't don't be a Richard. I right, love be you. A Richard.